Welcome to the X Podcast. We're excited to have you back for another episode, and I have two of my favorite guys with me today. Yeah. I have Jesse and Zach. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing great. We, Good. We kicked Russell off. Yeah. yeah. We did. Actually, he traveled, and then he tried to come back sick, and we're like, stay away. We don't want that sickness around No, here. it is running around right now. It is. Oh my gosh, you Charlie, have it? No, I don't have it. Oh. Charlie has it. No, Charlie has it? Yeah, Charlie has Which it. Which means you have it next. No, 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 no. We know Steve several people. Are, I feel like right now, for whatever reason, it just, I feel like I know tons of people who have some sickness. So, Morgan Clapperd was just telling me about this. Uh, her husband travels for work and does stuff. He's doing some stuff in Kentucky right now. Mm-hmm. And he's saying in Kentucky, they're kind of panicking and shutting schools down the pandemicing uh, yeah p- pandemic shut down 2.0 uh, uh because you have rsv cold and flu and yeah. COVID all hitting at Dude. the same time in kentucky it's real bad and they're like shutting schools down and that's it's I mean. a new wave it's a new wave <laughs> it's a new wave a new wave the lockdown is coming we'll talk about that let's talk about that maybe we need maybe we'll go back to the lockdown but Speaking of new waves. Speaking of coming, new wave, there I is heard there no was, new wave. I heard there was a red wave. There coming. was supposed to be a red wave, and there wasn't one as of the time of recording this. So we always like to start off with something cultural. And as of recording this, we still don't know what is happening with the midterm elections. midterm elections. And we're recording this on a Wednesday. I think it's yeah. coming out Friday. Yeah. Hopefully by Friday we'll know. Mm-hmm. But what was anticipated hasn't happened, and they're saying the race is too close to call. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I voted, and yet it's crazy. We still don't know who our new president is. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That was the wrong one. Never mind. Wrong election. You're going to cast the wrong vote. Okay. So we were voting for a uh, governor here in Ohio, yep. which State. that one was decided. Yeah. Mike and DeWine. Mike DeWine it got reelected. State senator. State senator, House of Representatives, quite a few of them. Yep. And um, we don't know. Too yep. close to call. Uh, it is kind of crazy. I mean, when you look at... I think all the predictions going into it was that Democrats were going to lose, I mean, just hundreds of seats. Hundreds? Hundreds. How many seats are there? How is that possible? I don't even think it's possible. There's 435 There seats. are, but I don't think they're going to lose reference. hundreds. No, not that. They're going to lose a lot. Yeah. Uh, a lot, like as in four. As in- No, I'm just kidding. It was going to be more than that. It was going to be more than that. Uh, but now they're saying that, you know, if the Republicans get control of the House, and it looks like they will, Yeah. Um, it's only going to be by the slimmest of majorities. Mm. Um, and really not. So we will be once again gridlocked back to where nothing happens for the next two years, yep. except by executive order, which Probably. has kind of become the mo for the last several years. Not just the last two, but I'm talking about even further back. Mm-hmm. That has been the if you want to do something, President you just Trump, you just make an Obama, Obama, you just go ahead and sign executive orders and just take control, and you do it. And uh, so I don't know. I'm I walk away from midterm elections going, man, we're we are no closer to. Forming any type of, uh, I don't know, consensus. unified consensus as a nation of what direction to move, and we're uh, split down the middle more than ever. It is crazy. So once again, politics will not save the day. Yeah, what a I surprise! I know that. What a surprise! But I think uh, fascinating thought. I just one of the things I was reading recently, and it just made me think about this. And I was curious if you guys were going to be doing it. Um, is I learned this new term. We were talking about it probably a week ago at a conference this term called revenge travel have you guys heard the term revenge travel revenge travel okay i've not heard of the term okay well revenge travel is this idea that people 
are uh i'm trying to say this nicely and correctly without it's like this okay people are like giving covid the middle finger is that a, is that a good way of saying it <laughs> that I, the way i read it was a lot worse than that giving covid the middle finger and saying you forced me again there's no you it's just the whole the whole experience the pandemic you forced me to stay home so now i now that it's open i'm gonna just go everywhere and do everything that was taken away from me and so they're saying there's this massive surge in travel and um i'll tell you when i went to atlanta a couple weekends ago and we left early in the morning on a monday and everybody was telling us oh it'll be no big deal at that time we got there and the lines were and i've never seen anything like massive it. I, I have tsa pre-check here in Columbia, of course no you do. in atlanta oh, everybody should of have course. tsa pre-check if you don't have tsa pre-check something's wrong with you i'm sitting here telling russ who loves to travel 75 times a year who doesn't have it i'm like what is oh, wrong with you no that's he doesn't have it he's like yeah i should probably look into it right as i'm going to one line and he's walking to a line that was like i mean we're texting the whole time you we're in line are, for, ladies and gentlemen what? for those of you who don't know pastor tim is like the king of efficiency and so when you travel with him he is like oh. like he's ready to go he's through pre-check line you're still like back well, taking your shoes that's off. your own dumb fault <laughs> that's like, i don't have to take my shoes off I don't have to typically put my laptop or iPad out of my bag. I don't have to, t I mean, any of that stuff. It's the greatest thing ever. It's $85 for five years. Why wouldn't you? I mean, for, I, for I mean, five years. I mean, I fly once every five years, maybe. Okay. Well, then maybe it's not. I forgot you're a recluse. We'll talk I about am. that. You don't like to go anywhere. So I guess you're saying you do zero revenge travel. Oh, yeah. No, I do zero travel. Zero travel. Uh, so definitely no revenge travel. Uh, for me, what's the furthest you've ever traveled away from home? You went to Columbus. Uh, Mileage-wise, uh, Los Angeles, I think, okay. is the farthest I've gone. Okay. Wait, wait, oh. wait. Have you not left the country? I've left the country. Okay. Yeah. Where did Canada? You go? Uh, no, it, I've gone to the DR. I've gone to El Salvador. Uh, El Salvador is actually where I gave my life to Christ. Oh wow. Actually. Um, I think those are the only two times I went out of the country. Are those further away than LA? I don't, maybe El Salvador's, I would think. Oh, uh, Dominican wouldn't be. No, I don't Dominican think it's three. I think it's not that far. El Salvador might be close. Mm. Might be close. Mm. But yeah, interesting. So I've never gone across the pond. I so yeah. So I don't. I don't know if I get this revenge travel idea. I mean, I guess maybe everybody has a bunch of money that they can yeah, go traveling a lot is, at time. Hey, we did get a lot of stimulus checks during the pandemic. Oh, I guarantee everybody spent all those. those. <laughs> I got. Yeah, I got to sit in a drawer at home. Yeah, exactly. yeah. mine's. <laughs> Uh, in the form of my refrigerator at home now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You used it to help the economy. Mm. Look at you. People do that. I mean, they say spending is still going strong, even though there's record inflation. And Speaking all the of things. which, we, like that. we just had uh, our last quarter was an increase in our GDP. No, that is interesting. Right? And so yes. inflation should be going the other way. But it's staying high. But they're also still raising interest rates. Conspiracy theorists go. Because, I mean, some people are now questioning whether or not they are killing the housing market. It's slowed down significantly. Oh, for sure killing the, the housing market. Mortgage rates are down. over 7% now. I know. And so whenever you have your GDP is increasing, and if you, it depends on what uh, um, job employment yep. is doing, yeah. um, which I think that's been on the rise, at least it was over the last several quarters, just because, well, people quit after mm -hmm. the pandemic yeah. and and then you you take that and 
they're trying to cool down a market that we had that was inflated big time by raising the interest rates. And everybody's like, whoa, the market's slowing way down and you're still raising interest rates. You're going to kill the market. Oh, and this is going to be, this is going to be bad. So we can actually cause worse damage by doing that. But uh, is recession. this, is this, I was listening to, uh, it was some Robert. He's one of the sharks. On oh Tank. yeah. Uh, talking about. He, he was just saying that like, it's clear now in hindsight, we should have raised interest rates earlier, earlier. than what we did. They were really slow. Oh, uh, they were really slow in that. But he's like, but now, <laughs> like most things in life, we tend to overcorrect mm. uh, as a culture and as a society. Now we're like raising them too much, too fast, and we haven't yet seen or given time for the raises to actually take effect. And now it's actually going to do way more damage than... So you bring up this idea of overcorrection. Yes. That I would love to just talk about because I think, you know, we've all lived through, all of us here at least, have lived through kind of the pandemic and the the cultural reaction to the pandemic. Now we're seeing things on the other side kind of almost extreme. Like I was yeah. talking about, we had revenge travel. It's people who are like, I couldn't go travel for that year or two years. I'm making up for it. We're doing weekend trips. We're going here. We're going to do things that, you know, is, um, I see this, this idea of an overreaction to, you know, let, let me give a, a good point. And I was just curious if your guys' experience to this leading up to the pandemic, I felt like if you asked most people how they felt about life, the, the adjectives they would have used is they would have been overwhelmed, tired, uh, busy, exhausted, you know, just life was, we move before the pandemic, we, we move at just a breakneck speed as a culture. And then the pandemic came and it forced us to slow down. And everybody complained about having to slow down quarantine and like, we're being forced to not that. And then we get to the other side of it. And you know, the question is, are we overreacting with revenge travel and things like that, where now everybody, because this is that we're going to swing back the other way. And what I'm seeing, and we were talking about this, you and I were, um, that people right now, at least that we've kind of had this collective feeling for maybe the last couple months here and what we do, that we feel busier than ever. Oh, for sure. Like overly busy, busy, yeah. Yeah. busier than ever. And so I'm wondering, are, are we seeing a cultural overreaction now to what we were forced to do two years ago in the pandemic. Yeah, I. it is an interesting question. I forget who I was talking I was talking to someone on staff a couple weeks ago or a month ago, and I just, I kind of said the unthinkable thing. Um, I'll say it here, um, just don't cancel me. Um, I guess you can if you want to. But I said, was quarantine maybe better? Or I kind of miss quarantine a little bit. Mm. So you miss quarantine. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. You, you miss quarantine? You, oh, big time. So if you want to- You're not going to get a lot of people that maybe say that, but why don't you tell us why? So, yeah. So I guess maybe I don't miss quarantine. Um, I remember it was probably April 2020, and um, I was talking with, I forget who it was. I'm like, oh, apparently my normal lifestyle is called quarantine to everyone else. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it didn't change a whole lot other than the social pressure to- be involved in a lot of things. I was just kind of released of that. Like, oh, so I can just kind of hang out at home, which I'm very much a homebody. Mm. Um, super introverted. My home is my safe place. It's my happy place. 
I'm like, oh, now I just have an excuse to stay here all the time and not feel like a loser about it. That's you know? a good point. That's a good point. I do if, think back to those moments. I do think probably all of us, in a way, felt like there are some social pressures mm -hmm. to connect and meet that it was easier. To, you had a great excuse to say no. To, to say no. Yeah. To it, uh, community or to, which is, it's like, is, isn't it weird? There's this, um, th there's this ironic, almost kind of like we, we need and want community, but then when we have an opportunity or an excuse not to do it or not to mm -hmm. feel like, well, I better, you know, we better go out with our friends or we better go do this, whatever. We had that excuse. We were like, oh, I feel kind of relieved that I don't yeah. have to. You don't have when to. plans are canceled. I mean, your plans are canceled. Well... When sports plans were canceled, when all of this, I didn't like when sports on TV was canceled. Uh, but if I didn't have to go yeah, the do kids sports things, or, then it's kind of like, oh, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Really? Time being given back to you. Yeah, mm. well, it's nice. I like that. I think, you know, coming out of it for us, I, we've got three young girls, and um, we, we just felt this kind of immense pressure to, like, you have to get them involved in, you know, spring sports, and then ballet, and then fall sports i mean there's so many things you got to get them involved in you have to go to every after school extracurricular thing and you have to give them all these experiences that they didn't have during quarantine i just uh rebecca and i were talking about this the other day just there's this pressure that now is back on mm. us and that we feel like during quarantine it just it just wasn't there mm. and there was something freeing about that that I don't know. I just kind of missed that feeling. Mm. What I was going to say, though, you, you were talking about community. I think, yes, we all want community, but I think sometimes it's a little hard to feel like, okay, if we're forcing it. Like sometimes yeah. I think we'll go to things uh, or people will hold parties or get togethers because we feel like we're supposed to yeah. or we, we have to. I think what the pandemic did or what quarantine did is it gave us the ability to intentionally choose where are we spending our time? Who are we spending our time with? And so I actually found that those moments where I was connecting with people mm -hmm. during quarantine, um, they were more meaningful mm -hmm. to me. And I actually felt a stronger sense of community in that time. So is it is it weird? Where does this social pressure come from? Where where does it now maybe and I just I don't know people who are watching or listening to this maybe maybe your context is a little different because I, I I do think it's an interesting conversation even within the church community because mm -hmm. we're all obviously we're on staff and we work within a church community and uh, we believe that community is important right and so what do churches do they kind of initiate they help create they encourage mm -hmm. we put things on the calendar that would you know to help people do this and and then you know. At the same time, we're sitting here kind of personally going, man, it's nice not to have all this social pressure. And so there, there's definitely like this weird tension yeah. that I, I would say, and I, and I don't know, maybe the church isn't the only one. I think that there's a need, a real human need for relationships and community. But then is there also a social expectation or maybe it's just more in our world, maybe other people don't feel it as much, but is there something that is sometimes pushed or that like, oh, we got to be a community that's pushed beyond what we really want to do. Yeah. Well, go what do you think? Yeah, I was just say, I think uh, one of the things quarantine did is it relieved us from 
over scheduling ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, because so many things were taken off our schedule immediately. So yeah. Like, I think there's, this is going to sound bad, but I think there is, there, we're all a part of like forced or obligatory community. Yeah. Like, I have to go to this thing. I have to be at this or I can't miss this. Like, right. Let's say examples work functions. Yep. Work, mm-hmm. right? Community, school. Yep. Community. If you have kids that are in school or whatever, there are certain yep. events. It could be a faith community that being a part of a church there's some expectations of what it means to be part of a church it could be yep. family yeah. obligations yep. that uh that your, your wife's parents your yeah. your yeah. husband's parents yeah. their cousins we always yeah. get together we do i remember uh one person saying um that uh they're big uh every year they would have these big family reunions that mm-hmm. like 50 people come to it and was like oh we can't have it oh that's too bad not really. And nobody you know, and was no, disappointed. And no, well, there's some who are disappointed, but there's others who are like forced to go to, you know, usually it's the younger right. ones who are forced to go right. family because the older you get, you value right. family more. And the younger you are, you kind of get forced to do it. Yeah. And so, so I, I didn't mean to no. stop you, but I, I, I didn't mess you up, but I wanted to identify what yeah. are some of those social pressures of community that yeah. are, they're on us. And so I think after you have all of those different things, it's almost like, well, where is the room for like, the community that I, I want, want to be a part of, that I want. you know, where's the time in my schedule after all of that stuff? Or for people like me who I'm super introverted and I come home from work and I don't feel like talking anymore, mm. you know? So now I don't have anything left in the tank to be a part of mm. the life giving community that I want to be a part of. Obviously I do and I can whatever, but I think what quarantine allowed us was like, I'm going to be real picky and choosy because I have the freedom to do that now. Mm. Of the, be in the community that I want to be in. There's the irony of what you just said. Yeah. Quarantine that was forced on us yeah. gave me freedom. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like that's restriction kind free, of free. like a funny statement. Yeah. I stand by it. You stand by. We, we were everybody revolted that we were forced to do quarantine, and I wonder how many people quietly, internally went, "Oh, government making it." Thank goodness. Ooh, this is really kind of nice. I do remember, I will say this. I will say this. We go back and reflect on it. Um, I I do think there was a a period of it that I remember going, well, this is kind of nice. Like every night I'm not wondering what are our plans? Do we have to go to this event? Am I going to pick up the daughter here and then go to the, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have to think about that. It was like, no, it's just us. We're just going to be home. There was something that was nice for a while. Yeah. But then there were also things that I wanted to do. Yeah. So I think it's that whole idea of There's a community we want mm-hmm. versus the community that we're required or it expected. Yeah. yeah. There's a social Pressure. expectation. Well, that's what I was going to speak to. I was going to say that I think coming out of quarantine as we've kind of gotten back, we're now uh, probably 12 to 18 months post-COVID as we've come back and everything has, I think, hit a cycle now to kind of be normal again. And I think we're just right back to the same kind of, um, I think in America we're very performance driven uh, in general. I'm not saying specifically, but I think we're very performance driven. And so I think for a lot of us, there's this pressure that we have to uh, do certain things or have our kids be involved in certain things because if we don't, there's a sense of we're falling behind or somehow we're not giving enough opportunity or doing that sort of thing. And so I think that's best for me, at least personally, the pressure that I feel. Um, and I think 
going back to what you said, I think when you get into quarantine, there was just, it's like, oh, I can just be here in my own little reality, in my own world, and do the things that I want to do. And when I actually had that space and time to think about it, I was like, oh, here's some things over here that I am realizing that I really love. And I want to do more of those things. And I want to spend more time there. And uh, I think as we've kind of got mad to it, I'm losing the ability to see that. But yeah. you said something also too, you know, the whole idea that, um, you know, forced restrictions kind of brought some freedom. I think there's a reason why books like Atomic Habits, um, you know, we've talked about here, kind of rule of life or just uh, wasn't mean to build disciplines into your life. There's a reason why some of those are top bestsellers. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because when you actually think about it, when you put a set of rules or restrictions around your life, guardrails, boundaries, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. it actually creates the lane or the freedom for you to do the things you want to do. Yeah. Well, I I think what you kind of said about um, you know this idea of force restriction, it kind of makes me think just even in our context, um, and I think one of the reasons why people sometimes struggle with the idea of faith, they struggle with the idea of giving your life over to God, they struggle with, you know, just the idea of going to church, because here's the picture we've had. It's a bunch of rules. Yeah, legalism. To view God as a God, Ten Commandments, shall not do this, shall not do this, shall, right? This, this, this list of rules. And, and yet here's what's, what's fascinating. We hate being told what to do. I mean, people revolted. And again, regardless of what people, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's whether it was right or not right. Wear a mask. Don't, you know, I'm going to revolt. Get a back shot. I'm going to revolt. Stay in my house. I'm going to revolt. Right. I mean, it's people, because I think it's almost like it's in us, human nature. There's something in us that's, you know, a mess that in general that we do not want to be told what to do even if that thing is what we really want. Yeah, or need. Or need. I mean, yeah. You think about one of the right. Ten Commandments that God gave the people of Israel was to uh, have a Sabbath. Right. It was to take a day off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny, it's like if you tell somebody, you need to take a day off, I want you to work on this, it's like, oh, wait a minute. I it need feels to do uncomfortable. It. I feel, yeah, it's like, don't tell me not to, I want to be able to work, I want to do this, but then how many of us have tried to practice that go, wow, that's the most freeing thing? ever and so sometimes the very thing that we need the most if we are told that we need it we resist it but then if we do experience it sometimes we kind of find that man that was actually great so right yeah i mean i almost wonder you know you said before quarantine you know busy overworked stressed Mm -hmm. middle quarantine well this isn't great but i don't know if i feel the stress overwork overscheduled and right. now post, we're feeling even more so. Right. I almost wonder if it's not we're doing more things. Maybe we've just tasted what slower pace feels like. So yeah. now back to normal feels way more overwhelming than it did before because we've That's experienced what maybe a healthier pace or schedule That's feels a, like now. That's, That's interesting. It's a good point because I think our pace is, as you mentioned, is like we're driven, but our pace is fast. That's the way I operate too. Uh-huh. My pace is fast. And when things slow down, I, I kind of get like internally like frustrated there's like a anxiousness that comes i do i I do i just i mean i think people that can relate to this depending on if you're a business 
leader or owner, like I feel it in just even church ministry, because one of the things we've seen culturally for the last six, five months, six months has been things in this, in our world have slowed down. Like at a time where there's normal rhythms, where we'd see people pick back up and reconnect with the church after the summer, all this, and it was like, nope, it's been flat. It's not just us. I mean, I'm talking to every pastor I talk to, the same thing. There is this like, there people are less engaged. Mm-hmm. They're not attending as often mm-hmm. as they were before. Um, some of which is like, oh, we're free now. So, hey, we're going to go travel. We're going to go to the lake house. We're going to go to the boat. We're going to go to this. We're going to, you know, and so now I wonder if some of that is that response, what we've experienced in the church world of where there's a normal rhythm of connecting. People are like, no, we're going to go do that. We're going to go do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wonder if we are thrown back into a pace, like you said, I think that's a great point, or being thrown back into a pace that is fam- familiar, mm-hmm. but we actually kind of miss what we didn't want, right? which was when we were forced to slow down. Right. And that's kind of a fascinating idea to think. And so I guess coming out of that, as we were talking about the quarantine, what what are the, what are the things, I mean, I guess we've kind of said it that we miss the most. Maybe it's the forced slowdown. It's the lack of social pressures. It's the, you know, I can do this. What's, let me ask this question. What's the dark side of that? Because there's, there's surely a dark side of that. I mean, we, we sit around the table, believe that there is something beautiful found in relationships. Like there's, there's something found in community. There is something that we desperately need as people to have the, have an, a, a bit of that in our lives. We, we believe that to our core, mm-hmm. but at the same time we're sitting here saying, man, it's kind of nice not yeah. to be forced so, to do that. Yeah. So I think the dark side would be something that we probably experience in this culture uh, is hyper individualization. Like you, you get, why is that bad? Why? Yeah. Because I do think that we, well, we've said it here. We're hardwired. I think to be in relationship with people. Now people have different levels of that. Okay. Some people, uh, you, you're, that's just, you're an introvert. Uh, and so you maybe need a smaller circle of people, mm-hmm. but you still need a circle of people that you can connect with and relate to you and I, our circles are probably a little bit bigger because we're extroverted. We're, mm-hmm. we're maybe hardwired to be around people a little bit more. But I think what's the, the danger is, um, you said the dark side of quarantine, is that you can get so focused in your own world, you can isolate so much that um, you lose the relationships that you have with people around you. And I think it's really easy to do. I mean, you think about um, everyone has four or five devices with them at all times. I mean, you have a phone, a tablet, a laptop, a watch, a TV, and those devices are all curating content specifically for you. Mm-hmm. That just what you want. And I think it's really easy if you're not careful to, to get, we, we talked about echo chambers a lot on this podcast. We've talked about, um, the effect of social media and all those different things. So we don't need to go down those trails again, but I think it's really easy to, to get in a pretty narrow bubble really quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be the dark side of quarantine or isolation or, mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. And by the way, that can happen and does happen. You don't need quarantine for that to happen. That can sure. happen and does sure. happen outside of just yeah. quarantine. What about you? Do you think yeah. there's a dark side? You know yourself. What's the dark side to you 
enjoying, I'm a homebody. I want to just disconnect, be by myself. And if I could be forced to do it. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, for me personally, the dark side of that is I just have no life and I could go through life and experience nothing. Mm. I mean, that could happen, which is why I'm grateful for people like my wife and friends like Tucker who make me do stuff, Yeah, stuff that I want to do and enjoy doing. You end up having fun yes. when you do that stuff, but you it's hard to get you to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same conversation, being forced to do something that is good for me, mm. but left to my own devices, I don't know if I'd do for myself. That's true. So, um, you know, like the obvious things that we missed in quarantine was like, you know, the graduations or whatever. Yeah. Like we all want our kids to you play a sport that they like yeah. or whatever. We all want that. So there's obviously pros to that. And there's great lessons, kids right. learn sports and right. memories and all that stuff. Well, at the same time, it puts a pinch on our schedule. And so, you you know, You're forced to it's choose. almost impossible to find a balance that gets you both. Yeah. I want time and experiences mm -hmm. and I want excess of both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, the, the, um, you know, the good parts about quarantine was I, I, and again, I think initially it was like, I knew who my circle was mm -hmm. every day. It was those in my house. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I think all of us have, you know, wife, kids yeah, around if you're single yeah it's hard that's different. that's really hard you're yep. really alone yeah, if you're an sure. extrovert and single that can be, can be hard really difficult yeah um so i think i think kind of the place that we're in maybe would determine how we experienced quarantine a little bit mm -hmm. and so I, I there was a cool nature that i knew it was just it was gonna be the four of us or it was gonna you know what i mean for a while and so um which by the way i mean can i just speak to that real quick um I was listening to a podcast the other day, um, and the two speakers were talking about this idea of households mm -hmm. um, and how actually um, the modern household that kind of exists here in America, when you think of household, you think of, for the most part, uh, a mother, a father, if it's a stable nuclear family with some kids, you have a single mom or a single dad, um, you know, you could have one or two kids. Uh, you could have maybe it's just yes one single person. Um, you don't have intergen intergenerational people living in households anymore. You don't have um, aunts or uncles or people living close by anymore. That is actually yeah. something that's newer in human culture. If you look throughout history, well, I wouldn't say human culture in American culture. American culture, it's not like that in many places overseas. It's not like mm -hmm. that in the Middle East. It's not like that in different cultures over there. They still all live together. They have g multiple generations living under the same roof. Yeah, and it's like I remember talking when I was in Israel, talking to uh, one of the guides that we had, mm -hmm. um, a Jewish guy that you know he lived in Jerusalem. And they had multiple generations under the house. And when one of the kids got married, they would move in under the house and they share, like he was responsible for buying all the food. So they had jobs. They would pitch a certain amount of money together. He would order in bulk all the food they would cook together. And over there, it was such a big deal that you took care of the elderly. Mm -hmm. Like it was almost, it's an honor and shame thing. Mm -hmm. It was a disgraceful thing if the government had to take care of the elderly, it was the honorable thing to do. So I, what I'm saying is, I think that is something newer yeah. that has kind of 
come to light in the American culture. Yeah. So what you were saying, like our friends who are single, who may be extroverts during quarantine, it was hard for them. You know, I'm just, I'm like, it just sparked that memory of that podcast. That man, even that is a newer thing that people are having to wrestle with is being more alone. Yeah. In this moment, in this place. Um, and I think let's recognize that that's more unique to us as a culture. Are we, yeah. Are we better for that or worse for that or what's better or worse? For, I don't know. Well, just, I, I think, I think for me, the, the dark side of it was being such an extrovert and an external processor and someone who is trying to, uh, you know, at the time trying to lead our church, you know, and our people through it, trying to that, it was like, I hated working from home. I hated the idea. Like I didn't, I mean, hate such a strong word. There were aspects of it. I liked it was nice to be like, Oh, I'm going to go in my office now and you don't, you're not traveling and you're not, you know, you could, you could kind of go to work in your sweats if you wanted to. I still didn't, but I mean, I just, you know, you could, I, but the aspect of zoom calls with the team with, we do all staff rally on Monday morning and people popping on there. And it was just, after all, I was like, this things like yeah. I, I want to see you. I want to sit at a table with you. There's so much loss. I think it's, one of the things that did highlight is that I think that there is, um, in the business world, in life, there is some room for digital connection. There is some, I mean, I, I think we saw that in the corporate world. Like they're like, we can do transactions digitally. We can have some meetings digitally and we really could. And we probably could still do that. And we probably still do to some extent, but when it comes to like I just feel like the people that I work with, probably because our world's a little different, it intermingles the whole idea of church community and work. But like, these are the, like, you guys are my community. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to see you every day. I want to pop in and hang out. What's going on? What's new? And you know what I mean? And feel like I have that connection. And so for me, um, I don't think, that was more important to me than the slowdown time, probably because I don't like that. So for me, that was the thing. I was like, I would rather not go back to quarantine because of that. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that I will agree with you on, Jesse, is that, and and it, I've I've actually had a lot of thoughts about this, even as a church and how to lead it. Is that the whole aspect of I want like real organic community more than I want forced community, right? And, and that's, that's an interesting dynamic because in many ways, like when you are become part of the church, you become this, that is kind of like a pulling together of, you know, and so there's a bigger, broader sense of community, but then there's this smaller sense where I think we get our individual needs met and we find life in the people that we get to do life with that I think is important. And I think everybody has to find that. And what it looks like and for you it could look different than it looks for me or for you and so i i think that is something that it highlighted for me mm-hmm. is that sense of of in the quarantine so i don't know i mean I think you see a lot of well to your point about work i think you see a lot of businesses trying to meet people where they're at coming back I and mean, now you're reading wall street journal every publication out there that hybrid is now the yeah. new work schedule mm-hmm. trying to meet people with Hey, here's some freedom, but also let's get people into the office. So is hybrid. Do you is hybrid here to stay? Do you think? I do. You think? I think it's here to stay. Do you like hybrid? 
I, I do you like the idea I'm, of vibrating? I'm probably a little bit more like you. I, I like to be around people, and I like to um, interact with people that I work with. I love the people that I work with here. Yeah, uh, and so I think I I really value that time together. I do think that it is here to stay, and so the inner three achiever in me. I'm totally admitting my faults here. Wants to figure out a way to master it. Like, how do I master being hybrid? Uh, hybrid what about you? Hybrid work environment. But is hybrid work <laughs> environment appealing to you? Um. So that's where I'm probably a little weird. I actually like coming to the office as well. Yeah. Um. I think uh, it, it's a weird. I think introvert thing. I don't like to explain ideas through an email or a text. Mm. I want to come talk to you about it. Because I feel like if even I, if it's one on one, if I see, I, I prefer that. Yeah. That way. That's what I mean. Is like. Instead of like, hey, let me shoot this email out into the void and hopefully you understand the point I'm trying to make, I'd rather just come and talk to you yep. and say, hey, there's so all I know I can see your face. Yep. You know, you see my face, uh, even it's, as an introvert. Is the message received yeah. properly? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times people think that introverts is like being an introvert is synonymous with, I don't want to be around people, people. and it drains yeah. me. That's not true. Yeah. Introverts, though, and different ones, but mm-hmm. often, just like to connect and engage on a smaller scale. Yeah. Like they like a one-on-one, a one-on-two meeting. They yep. don't want to do. So my guess is the smaller like little environments, probably you would still get excited about. Oh yeah. Well, let's go connect one-on-one. Let's do this. It's the bigger community type things that you kind of get a little bit more, I don't know, uncomfortable or they drain you more. Drain would you, would you, would you, would you a lot faster. And so, I mean, I, I do think, I don't think, I think as a cultural reaction to this, that is something that I think is is one of those reactions yeah, to the pandemic. I agree. Was that everybody was forced to work from home. Right. And then out of that, I think companies, business leaders, owners started going, wait a minute. You know, I think people, employees go, well, I like that. I'd like to work from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And companies are going, wait, there are maybe are some benefits. Like, I mean, I think a big question right now is, what happens? We've had some conversations. Our executive team's had conversations. This, and we're going to be talking about this here soon. But like, what happens to our productivity? And I think that's the big question mark. Does productivity go up if we give hybrid, or you get, you know, if people aren't working altogether? Does it go up or does it go down? Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it could go up. It depends on what you do. I think there's obviously some roles, some jobs, some things where you have to be around. If you're a teacher, you aren't working from home and doing Zoom. There's not a teacher in this world that would go, boy, I can teach a lot better over Zoom than I can in person in a classroom. Right. I would imagine. Right. I don't want to say that for sure. But I I just, so, but I do think there are a lot of jobs and roles. And I know a lot of people, even our church I've talked to that have a hybrid schedule and they love it. Yeah. Or they're like, man, I'm. If I don't have to go in the office, I don't want to go in the office. Right. Yeah. I also wonder if like, if I had a different job, like, cause like you said, one of the beautiful things about our job is we work with all of our friends and we love, you know, what we do. We have a shared sense of mission. Yeah. But if I had maybe a different job, I would totally see loving remote. Yeah. And I right. think there's benefit to like businesses of like, we don't have to rent a giant office building and pay right. the cost of that. And yeah. Everybody ship everybody a laptop and a webcam or whatever. Yep. Let's do that. I, would do I don't, that. I don't think it's going away. Yeah. yeah. I think it's here to stay. And I think that every organization, every company out there, again, some service industry, really hard to do that, right? If right. you're a restaurant, you're this, like you you, you, you have to have employees there. Yep. 
But I think outside of that, I think I think this is a real conversation everybody is trying to figure out and how right. to have because I I think what can be lost is there's team dynamic, there's communication. There, you know, we can do it over Zoom. It's better or video. It's mm -hmm. better for sure. But you know, there is like collaborative things that happen. We we come up with ideas and events. Right. I would much rather be sitting at a table bouncing ideas. Nah, that won't work. Uh, versus waiting and Zoom, one yeah. person talks and then it cuts the audio on the other. And it's like you can't just get Not the best same. idea sometimes. So I think that there is a need for that. But then I think yeah. we all have. A certain amount of work that we do this that I, I gotta i gotta prepare a message on the weekends i can't have a bunch of people in the room i have to be by myself right um so yeah. i i think i think it's here to stay i agree and i think that there's so so again just to maybe wrap up this whole idea of this conversation i don't even know what all we talked about other than uh you miss the quarantine mm -hmm. badly mm -hmm. there's um, parts of quarantine i miss you the good parts you, miss, yeah the good parts yeah. I miss you, the booze. You uh, crave community but hate being with people. Uh, that's that's what I got from. That's is it, is it, no, is, is that, that right? That's not, okay, that's, that's, not, that's, that's not, what you heard too. That's what I heard. That's not uh, that's not what I said. I think one of the things that I, I hope in this conversation, we're just kind of talking about some things today. I I hope maybe it'll force all of us, everybody that's listening or watching, for you to even just. It's a great great question. Great question to do on the other side of this. Reflect back and say, what did you really like about the quarantine? Forced, not forced, doesn't matter. What did you like about it changed my pace? Okay. Maybe don't let's how do we how do we not so quickly jump back into the pace we had before? Because you you said maybe what we're feeling that we feel like it's even worse than ever before, but really it's just a going back to the way it was and it, we had that pause in between to see what it feels like. So I think I think reevaluating the pace of what we do. The challenge with pace, I think, are the social pressures. Yep. The communal pressures yeah. that we have. The 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 kids, family, like giving our kids this and making sure there's trips and that they can do this and do the, all these things they ever wanted to do. I think those are like significant challenges. And I think what will come out of that, hopefully, is do we really assess and make some decisions that maybe aren't popular resist they're not normative anymore they're going against the grain like would is it bad to say no kids we're not gonna go and do that i know everybody's doing that but we're just gonna we're gonna be home our family's gonna be home for one day we're not going out to eat we're not gonna do this we're gonna be home because we feel like we can connect at home like that you know is there something that mm -hmm. that if we're paying attention and if if we stop trying to be mad at what we lost is there something that was maybe beneficial yep. that was maybe forced on us because we didn't have the discipline to actually create that beforehand Yep, that we just ran so hard? And so I think, uh, you know, when it comes to just coming out of that, maybe, maybe we just kind of observe and internally process. And I do think that there is this weird tension that we walk as leaders in our context. And I think that people need community, but, but don't want to be forced into community that right. they don't need right and how can we help provide and this is what we do in our churches how do we provide the right kind of environments where people can find the community that is life-giving right and is thriving and i think when when you find that balance as you said i think then that's when we feel the most whole mm -hmm. 
And so I'm curious, maybe even if you're kind of watching this, you're listening, like, what did you miss about the, you know, I think one of the ones that was kind of interesting that it was, I don't know if I missed it or didn't, but not being able to go shopping or go out to eat was like kind of bad, but kind of not good for the wallet. It's good for the wallet. It was like, you know, never on this whole, we're arguing over, well, I want to go out. I don't want to go out. Can we go out the, I don't, you know, it's like, no, it's that's what we're real. making and that's, we're here. And it, real. it's almost like taking away a bunch of options kind of brings a sense of sanity to your life. Yes. It's like going to the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, they I, have, I, love the, I like the Cheesecake Factory because I found a meal that I love. And, you order and every thing? time I go there, I order the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to look, it gives me hives to look through the menu. Cheesecake Factory has 7,000 options. And I just sit there and go, uh, 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 breaking out. I don't even look. As you're doing Spicy it. chicken chipotle pasta. Mm. That sounds good. The greatest thing on their menu. I don't know if it's the greatest. Are thing. we going there right now? I would love podcast, to. But recording. spicy chicken chipotle pasta from the Cheesecake Factory. I order every time. I haven't been there in a long time. But it is so good. And there's something freeing about not having tons of options. And I think taking it away. And so, you know, the question is, can we have the discipline to create the life that we really want to live, mm-hmm. not become a recluse. Mm-hmm. Jesse, like it. don't become a recluse because there is life experiences. I'm the same way. There's, I, I have this weird tension and my wife and I both, like she's an introvert and she doesn't, she doesn't often want to go do things. Okay. And then there are other aspects of things that she wants to go do that I don't want to do. So it's, it's weird. Like if it's part of our community or if it's part of kind of what we're doing, like, Maybe I feel a sense of obligation because what I do, but I'm like, oh, I also think it's because of the connection that we have or I make mm-hmm. with people in the church. I'm like, oh, hey, they're doing this. We want to go, want to go to this. And she's like you in that regard, introvert, and would rather like, that drains me, but I'll do it, you know, at times. And then we go do something because that was great. Yep. That was a really cool experience, right? Yeah. On the flip, she's the one that always wants to, let's go drive to that coffee shop an hour away and do that. And I'm like, it's a lot of driving to go to a coffee shop. I don't even like coffee that much. I'd rather just stay home. Yeah. And so she has to force me away from the home when it's to go do something. If it's not even related to people, but it's to go do things. I'm the, uh, I'm like, let's go to that store and that store and let's get this. And I'm like, and we'll go here and eat outside. And I'm like, "Uh, or we could just stay home. There's things we could do around the house. You know what I mean? So she has to force me out. And so, yeah, I think we all are on a journey of learning ourselves. We are, yeah. and uh, so you want to go back to quarantine? Do you want to go back or no? There's parts of it that I miss, but yeah. I don't want to go back. You don't want to go back? No, no. But I want to. I don't want to go back to quarantine, but I I do want to learn something yeah, from it, and that I don't. I don't know that we're doing because we're kind of culturally just going right just back moving on. to the yeah. same patterns and same behaviors that we had before. And we're going to be just as miserable as we were before the quarantine and COVID and pandemic. And so hopefully we can learn something. Yep. And hopefully if you're watching this, listening to it, hopefully this got you thinking about yourself and about community and all those things. I think they're important, but trying to find that balance in life. And before we go, we also just need to quickly make mention that our producer, Lydia, it's uh, her birthday uh, today as we record this. Come on, Lydia. And so we just want to say happy birthday. I don't even know if uh, most people probably, I don't think she's ever been on here, don't even know what she looks like. No. 
and we need to have her on here somehow. Awesome. We get somebody else to help with the switching and all the other stuff. We need to get Lydia to come on here. We've been tech- talking forever if we could get her a mic, but we're not really sure how we're going to do it just in our yeah. setting the way we have yeah. it. But uh, happy birthday, Lydia. Thank you for all you do yeah. for to get this podcast out. Like you do editing, you do switching, you do setting up of cameras. She, I mean, she does it all. Queen Lydia. Yeah. And so Lydia, we just want to say happy birthday. I think she is um, 33. Yep. Today. That's right. 21. Is she 21? I think it's 21. 21? 21. <gasps> is this your 21st birthday? It is. Switch twice if it is. That's how we that's how we yeah. that's how we communicate with her. We're yeah. like, switch twice for yes. Okay, so uh well happy 21st birthday. That's exciting. Don't do anything you'll regret. And um hey, thanks for uh, tuning in with us as always. We hope you found something enlightening in this. And if not, well, Catch the next episode. It could be a lot better. I don't know. Thanks for being on here, guys. Thanks for having me. Zach and Jesse, thanks for being on here for this conversation. As always, maybe if you like this, would you rate it? It does really help uh, get the word out about it and maybe share it with somebody you think it will be helpful for. So, again, it was great to have you. Until next week, have a great one.